explain this is a topic, and then uh, Pastor Ron and I are really trying to, uh, we're going to get together and start some of this series. But the Lord put in my, yesterday at the prayer meeting, the Lord shared something, and, it, and it's been in my heart since this morning. So this is kind of, I had a different message, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with what I, my son shared with us at God. So we're, we're going to hold off on this. Uh, we'll hold off on this one. So, but this one, this has been in my heart since this morning. So I'm, I'll just go with it, you know, and trust the Lord that uh, the Lord wants us to share something. We shared this yesterday. I've been thinking about it, and I just want to encourage us um, in this passage from Exodus 33. Uh, we, like I said, we covered it yesterday in, in, in the prayer time, and I felt the Lord really um, ministered to my own heart, and maybe the Lord wants to minister to your, some of your hearts that were not there yesterday. Um, so let's, uh, let's look at Exodus 33, Exodus 33. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you for this moment that we can, Lord, just um, come to your word and allow your word to speak to us. So we, we are asking for the Holy Spirit to come and speak through us and help us to listen. And Oh, may we be obedient. Lord, may we get a vision, a fresh vision of what you want for our lives. And so, Lord, we ask your presence to come and just help us explain your word and and Lord, just that your spirit would convict sin and righteousness, judgment, and encourage us in Jesus' name to go press on, to press on with the Lord. And so we thank you, Father, and we praise you. Amen. By the way, just a, we will have people coming in at 1.30 for backpacks. While we have our cake that we're baking. So the Lord speak to you guys about the backpacks. All the families that go for backpacks, we'll put them in the youth room. Not the one we stay in the in the hallway. All right, so there may be one, two families, and then we also have to deliver uh, something else. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. All right, <coughs> a lot of things. Verse verse one. Um, Verse 1, it's Exodus 33, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your offspring, I will give it. You read this at first, you read this, this sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Does it sound great? It sounds great. The Lord, depart. The people of Israel are in the wilderness. They've been in the wilderness all this time. You know, like you know, they finally get the word that they've wanted to hear. Finally, and the Lord comes to Moses, and, and God speaks to Moses and says, "Okay, Moses, depart, go up from here, this wilderness. Go, time to leave. It's time to leave the wilderness. Amen. Praise God. Come on, let's put our hands together. <laughs> time to leave the wilderness. I mean, have you, have you guys ever felt like that? You know." It's time to, time to leave. God, God's, um, so this, this is actually a spiritual principle, believe it or not. What we're going to read, this will happen to you, and you, you'll choose what you want to do. So um, depart, go from here. You and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, right? To the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, so he's now telling them you can, you can go to the land that I promised you. 
And, and God uh, reminds, God reminds Moses of what he said. Why does God have to do that? Uh, God is like that. God likes to confirm the word of his servant to us. You know, he says, um, of which I swore to Abraham, I swore. I didn't just speak it. I actually swore. So I put all, I, I put all my being into this, into this promise. I'm, I swore to Abraham, Isaac, to your offspring, I will give it. And so God is just simply saying, hey, time to get up. I'm going to fulfill what I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right? Sounds great, right? Well, you guys are a little apprehensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but it gets even better. Look at verse 2. Not only the Lord is giving him permission, go up and go to the people, um, to the right? He's going to send an angel before you. I, I'm going to send an angel before you. And I will drive out. Who's going to drive out? Who is it? God. God is going to, I will drive out. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites. <laughs> That's a lot of people, right? <laughs> Talk about many enemies. I mean, we, we, all, we have one or two. And they're like surrounded with enemies. Yeah. And the Lord says, hey, don't worry about it. Uh, I got it. I, I, will drive, I will drive them out. I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites. So number one, God is saying, hey, Get up from the wilderness. You've been here too long. I made a promise to my servant, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I made a promise saying, I will, you know, uh, so get up, go into the land that I promised them, and um, not only go up and get, but I'm going to assure you I'm sending my angel, an angel before you, and I will drive out. Not bad, right? Right? Not bad, not bad. It's like time to move on. Verse 3. Go up to a land with milk, with a land flowing with milk and honey. Right? Good land. Right? It's a good land. I mean, milk and honey. In the Bible, milk represents like strength. Honey represents the sweetness of pleasure. It's a good land, flowing, flowing. Not, it's not like there's no recession. <laughs> there's no inflation. There, there's no like supply chain issues. <laughs> it's flowing with milk and honey, flowing. Milk. The Lord, time to get out of this wilderness. I'm gonna send an angel, and the land is. Except, what? <laughs> I will not go up. And here, what a crossroad. Now the Lord, if the Lord does this all the time to us, by the way, you have to realize this is spiritual reality. The Lord's not just reacting to Israel's history. The Lord is moving. The Lord is doing things in a way that is is um, already. Kn he knows what he's doing. He's telling Moses, um, "Hey, I'm going to keep my word to you. 
I'm going to send an angel. You will defeat them. You are going to conquer the land. You're going to rule the land. But I will not go with you. How, how often does the Lord have made that proposal to you? Right? It's a proposal that is easy. It's very deceptive. It's like, well, he promised the land, right? And he's sending me not Lucifer. He's sending me an angel. <laughs> it's a good thing. And God is going to give me the victory. Not a bad deal. So here, here's, the, here's the right. Here's the crossroads. Tremendous crossroads that every believer, sooner or later, Sooner or later, you find this, this crossroads. What is it that you want? Yeah, it reminds me of when, when uh, John the Baptist, Jesus is walking, two of Jesus' two of John's disciples get up and they start walking towards Jesus and they follow Jesus. Jesus turns around and says, and I'll never forget, I remember reading this years ago. He says, What is it? He tells that to John's disciples. He knows our hearts. God knows our hearts. He knows the things that make you tick. He knows the thing. What is it that you're looking for? What is it that what is it that you really want? This is the issue that Jesus is going to drive if you if you follow him. Only for those who follow him. If you're not following him, this issue is not an, it's not an issue. But if you begin to, if you begin your journey as a Christian, if you begin your journey as I'm putting my trust in God, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I'm guaranteeing, I'm telling you, the day will come when Jesus will, is going to turn around and say to you, what is it that you really want? Right? Our hearts are so deceptive. We say we want Jesus. But we really want the land. We say we want Jesus, but we really want the angel. We really want Jesus, right? We want Jesus, but we really want to defeat the Jebusites. Oh, that's 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 a big one. We oftentimes use Jesus as an end, as a means to an end. Right? How many people like have addictions? And you see this always with the people with addictions. Oh, set me free, set me free, Lord, set me free. I hate drinking, I hate at this, you know, whatever, whatever addiction might be, right? And then Jesus sets them free, and they never care once again about Jesus. Right? They defeated the Jebusites. Jesus drove out the Jebusites. Jesus drove out the Amorites. So, so this question comes to us not necessarily as a, a question. It comes to us in a situation. What is it that you're looking for? What is it that you want? What is it that, why are you following Jesus Christ? Why, why do we follow Jesus? Why do I follow Jesus Christ? I mean, it's a question I've had to wrestle with for most of my life. What's really driving me at the end of the day? I don't trust this little heart. Right? The Bible says, right? The heart of man is wicked, deceitful above all things. Who can know it? So don't trust your heart. It's not trustworthy. How do, Lord, how do we, 
How do I know what, that I'm following Jesus Christ for the right reasons? Okay, so here, um, this, this proposition. I will not go among you. I will not go up among you. Right? Um, did Moses consider? <laughs> God bless Moses. What, what, a, what a beautiful type of Jesus Christ. But Moses was tired. I mean, he's like, I've been here for how many years? <laughs> like, at some point, right, maybe he'd been there 20 years. Maybe he was there 30. I don't know. They were, they were in the wilderness for how many years? You know, 40 years, right? So we don't know at what point. This could have been in the middle. This could be, you know, this could be at the beginning. <laughs> I'm just, this, these people are so stiff-necked. Right? We're, we're going to find out. I said, you know what, Lord, that's actually not a bad plan. You know, I, 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 I think you're onto something, Lord. <laughs> just like, let's talk about that. Let's go to negotiate the terms because you know what? I would like to have a little, have a little bit, a village in, in Miami. I like to take, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I have my little, little, my little thing. You know, I can see me just, me and Mary. You know, what, what, is, what was um, Moses' wife's name? What was her name? Zephorah. Yeah, Zephorah. We we could go out and have a nice vacation. Forget about these people, right? And um. So, I mean, this was also, this was also, to be honest with you, this, this was more probably, if anything, this was a test of Moses. Because he's like, Lord, Moses is tired. Moses is weary. He's, 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 but I will not go among you unless I continue on the way. For you are stiff-necked people. Whoa. This is this is this so this this is so encouraging for me. If you if you struggle with God's goodness to you, if it's, how many struggle with God's good? Is God good to me? This passage shows how magnificent God's goodness is. Right? This is almost doesn't even make sense. I mean, this is this will, this will help you to really defeat the Satan's condemnation. Some of, we, some of us allow Satan to just beat us up, and we become condemned, and we come into church defeated. But this passage here says, wait a minute, time out. We are, these people are stiff-necked. Now, for those who might think stiff-necked, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a bad, how do you get, why is it a bad thing? What's wrong with being stiff-necked? It's a, it's a metaphor. It's a picture of stubborn. You do what you, I'm trying to, I get you to go this way. <laughs> and you pull, I'm not going. <laughs> stiff neck. You are a stiff neck people. I don't know about you. I'm stiff neck. <laughs> How many here are not stiff neck? <laughs> I don't know, we're all very stiff. Come on, we're all stiff. <laughs> Praise God for Jesus, right? Amen. <laughs> but it's a great passage because let's be honest. You know, we're learning to be less stiff. That's called sanctification. Sanctification is less stiff. <laughs> That's all it really is, right? It's not this wonderful transformation, right? It's becoming less stubborn. But there's still these stubborn traits in all of us, right? Come on, let's be honest. For reasons that we had no, sometimes don't even control, it's just, just in our nature. 
you don't have to think in the morning and say, okay, today I'm going to really be stiff-necked at 82.2%. No, it's a natural stiffness. We're we're just naturally stiff-necked. A lot of it's fueled by unbelief. Let's be honest. Unbelief stiffens our neck because we don't know. We can't trust. We don't trust God. So so we lean on our own understanding, and in that leaning, we become stiff. Right? Because we feel comfortable with our own understanding. So there's many reasons why we're, we're stiff-necked people. So we don't, we don't have to, like, be ashamed of that. We're stiff-necked people. By God's grace, we're becoming less stiff-necked. Amen? But here's the thing. God was willing, despite the fact they were stiff-necked, yet God was going to give them a sign. Go back. Go back to verse 1. God did not, God did not, does not allow our stiffness to get in the way of his promises. Isn't that encouraging? That's very encouraging that you don't have to be perfect. God is not asking you to be this perfect specimen. He has given us a promise in Jesus Christ, and he's faithful to that promise. And we're the recipient beneficiaries of God's faithfulness to his son Jesus Christ. So even though they were stiff-necked, he says it. He doesn't say um, for you were a stiff-necked people some time ago. No, he says you are presently, actively you're a stiff-necked. At the moment you're stiff-necked, but nevertheless I'm going to drive out the Canaanites. I'm going to give you the land. So again, just, just a little just to show you that God's promises don't depend necessarily on you. They depend on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And God's blessed many of us despite our stiffness. Right? Despite we're not perfect, and he's blessed us. So here you have this crisis, nevertheless, Moses um, Moses is, is seeing that and he, Moses has to is is considering this proposition from God. Let's go to verse three. That I will not go up among you. That was the why is the only question. <laughs> Does that make sense? Everything sounded so good up until the. But I will not go up. Right. Everything sounded so good until um, Lord. Uh, let's consider the. Um, Term number 3.2, you know, um, but I will not, is it I, is it me, is it, is it you, Lord? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Let's consider this proposition. Um, I don't, I don't like that, Lord. Right, so so Moses is wrestling with this prop, with proposition. In verse 4, when the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned. What does that tell you? That, that tells us that Moses, um, Moses didn't didn't necessarily right away. Moses did not like. Um, he didn't respond to it in a way. It was like maybe Moses was like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know <laughs> but he must have communicated to the people. When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned, and no one put on ornaments. That's interesting, especially in light of what's going to happen. 
the people heard that, that um, God's not going up there, and somehow they responded to that, and they somehow discerned this is not a good thing. So they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. But the Lord has said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, you are stiff-necked people, saying, if for a single moment I shall go up among you, I will surely consume you. So now take up your ornaments, that I may know what to do with you. The, the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments of Mount Horeb. But it's interesting. Um, now Moses took this tent, used to take the tent and pitch it outside the tent. Not, not sure like what, you know, I think in the, in the Hebrew it's more like he began to do that. Um, Moses began to take his tent and pitch it outside. In other words, I, I, I think Moses Moses realized, okay, this is this is not going to change. Um, the state of the current state of affairs is not going to change. God is not apparently this idea of not going up to the people in a sense it's final. God is not going to go up. But Moses begins to take his tent and he went outside the tent. Now the reason why he went outside the camp is because the Lord said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be among you. I'm not going to be there. And it seems, it seems that there's some, there's something finite about that. that it's, it's game over. I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to be among you. So Moses, understanding God, we're not, I'm not changing God's mind about this. Hey God, can you reconsider that? You know, can you reconsider? Moses instead, what he started to do is that here's everybody, you know, everybody's here, and then he takes his tent and he moves it outside the tent. Far off from the tent. Do, do you see that? Do you see what is, what's going on? Far off, the far off emphasizes, let me get, let me get furthest, furthest away from these people. Right? And it, it really shows Moses' heart uh, in many ways. Um, and he called it the tent of meeting. So God says, so imagine all these people, I don't know, maybe two million people, and God says, uh, I'm done. I'm done. So I don't know, we don't know where Moses got this idea from. So Moses, I think, is like, okay. It's clear that Moses wants the God's presence. It's just, but he came up with like, okay, the people, I, this is not going to work. And I might as well move far away. Let me get out here. Uh, not, not far enough. <laughs> Keep going. Right, at some point, he decides that there's a there's there's um, adequate distance. <laughs> I, mean, I hope you can see the spiritual principles behind it. I can't get into all that right now, but but I hope you can. You know, the Holy Spirit can help you to see. Ooh, this is really weird. Living away from the people, outside the people. It's strange. When you look at what's going on in the totality, sometimes it can be very confusing. What, what, what is, why is this necessary? Far from the tent. What, what's his point? Is what, what is, why, is God, why is Moses going outside the camp? It's clear. He wants something. What is it that he wants? He 
doesn't care about the schedule tight. He doesn't care about the athletic bonus. No, that, that's exactly how Moses runs. You see how Moses is passing the test? Moses is like, that's fantastic. But that's not what I, I, that's not what I want. I, I want you. I want you, Lord. Um, so you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, going outside, you know, I'm going outside the camp. If outside, the, if, if I can negotiate God being with me, and, and uh, right, I'm going to do whatever, whatever I'm going to do to secure that presence for myself. Amen. What a what a lesson! And he called it the tent of meeting. Now notice this. Every, how many? Every. Not the Jebusites, not, not the defeating of the Jebusites, not the land, right? When we say sought the Lord, behind that seeking God is a desire for God. Not the land, not a good life. Not, you know, so many things that, we, let's be honest, we put so many things. Lord, can you, uh, I want, um, j just um, fix my children. Uh, fix this. Give me a better job. And we just use them like, like with all kinds of things. And, and we, can, we can deceive ourselves into thinking that we really want Jesus. No, but no, you don't. You just want security in life. You want the American dream. Let's just say it, Right? At the end of the day, I want there are things that we want, and they get in the way. And at the end, when you examine carefully your heart, many times I've found that when people examine carefully, it's not Jesus that they want. They just want the benefit that can come from Jesus. They just want their lives to be nice. They want to live a good life, but they have no real tangible appetite for God. And that's sad. I think that's very, very sad to be coming to church but not really wanting Jesus there. I think churches are full of such Full. Not really wanting him. Only seeking God, right? How many people do you know, as long as life is good, as long as my children are home, and we have a nice marriage, but then for whatever reason, right, one person divorces, and then boom, the, entire, the entire structure of their Christianity falls apart. Why? Because it was just while everything was going good. But as long, as soon as the trials come, as soon as the, the tests come, you've abandoned Christ. And, th and, th and so, and that, that happens to all of us. The Lord comes to us and says, why do you really want to come to church? Why is it that you're seeking me? Why is it that you, what, what is really, you've got to have those conversations with yourself. Come on. I have them all the time. Do I really love that person? Right? Do I really care? You guys talk like that to yourself? Come on, after, behind the smile, behind all that, do I really care about that person? Right? If I just go with the flow, oh, here's a backpack, you know, <laughs> and this and that, and, right? And you could go home, and I'm like, I have no, I really don't care. Right? Can we be honest? We could, we could be like, game over, man. Who's winning the Knicks? Yeah. <laughs> it's like not interested, out of sight, out of mind. Right? We could be like that. It's easy to be like that. Very easy. You can put up a front. It makes it look good on the outside. 
可以说吧。But the more important question is this: What is it I want to do? Do I want the land? Do I want the Jebusites? What is it I want? But Moses is teaching us an example that if you you're gonna need to you're gonna need to do something. There are things that you do. Let me put it this way: Everyone who seeks the Lord, everyone, without exception, everyone who seeks the Lord goes outside goes outside the camp. Everyone. Everyone who says, "Thank you for the bonus. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for the house. Thank you for the cars. Thank you for this." But Lord, that's not what I want. I want you. I want you, Lord. It's you that I want. It's I want to be with you. Let me say to you slowly, Lord. I want to be with you. I've said that to the Lord. Can you be with me? I don't think. Health, cancer, whatever, whatever. I want to be with you. Oh, I want healing. No, I want Jesus. Right? It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. We want Jesus. And I found that that um, for those who go outside the camp, there's no one in the camp that stays in the camp who seeks the Lord. Nobody. Everyone stays in the camp. Everyone that stays in the camp looks good on the outside. We're part of God's people. We are His, right? Whatever. But none of them seek the Lord. No, none of them really are seeking God. And so God put this thing. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Do you see the emphasis on outside? Going outside of your comfort zone? Going outside of what's all familiar to you? You gotta make effort if you want the presence of God. If you want, it's not just gonna come to you. You gotta say, okay, what what can I do to go outside of the rhythms of my life? Life can be a rhythm, and you can get caught in like a little hamster, <laughs> and, you, and that wheel's going faster. You know, you're like this. <laughs> but something I said, no, I gotta go outside of this. I gotta somehow. I, I want the. I want God. I want His presence. Outside the camp. Now notice, um, notice the people that would, um, the people that would stay in the camp. Verse eight. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each would stand at his door and watch Moses and the children of John enter the tent. Think about that. The rest of the people who are not seeking God, they're not really interested that much. But there, they are. What's the word? They're interested. They're fascinated by Moses. They're fascinated by Moses. They're like, "Wow!" As soon as Moses will go, everybody would spread the word. Hey, Moses coming out! Moses coming out! And they, and everybody, everybody would basically. What it says, um, when no, the moment Mo Moses went out to the tent, all the all the people would rise up. Hey, hurry! There's a flurry of, of, of activity from all the houses, all the tents. And, and everyone's looking out the windows, some are opening the doors, some are pulling down the shades, you know, right? <laughs> Whatever. So it's like, you know, uh, and, and they're it, they're, they are fascinated. What, a, what an indictment. They're fascinated at the man of God 
who is going outside the tent. He, he's like, um, he's not with us. He's kind of going outside of us. Uh, and they're fascinated. He would rise up, equal stand at his tent door and watch Moses after he had gone into the tent. Isn't that fascinating? Mind what, what, what they're curious about. They're very curious about what is going on with Moses. And how many people are curious about the people who seek God? Very curious. You know? I found, I said that on Saturday, that when, when I would go to a church, um, and there could be a big church, and there would be one or two people, right? And I would meet with people, and they would tell me, oh, um, yeah, so so-and-so, so-and-so, yes, he's kind of like that. They, and they all say the same thing. I mean, I would find it from several people saying the same thing. They all said, oh, this lady's kind of Well, guess what? Then I would meet the lady. Guess what I found out? She was the only normal one. She was outside the camp. <laughs> she was outside the camp. That's why she's strange. Because she had a heart for God. And people who don't have a heart for God, guess what? Uh, they don't, they're fascinated by a pious life. They're fascinated by people who pray. And they, they're fascinated. Oh, May you're such a blessing to me. Uh, May brother, I see God. You know, all this fascination. But they themselves don't seek God. Right? God is calling us, right? And, 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 and people that seek the Lord become, become outside the camp, right? We treat them like they're strange. And I found out that what a curious, that, that was weird. The ones who were really seeking God carried a reproach in the church. at them as weird, a little odd, because they're engaged. Now, there are people that are weird in the church who are not seeking God, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there have been studies made, in fact, scientific studies that have been made that lots of weird people in churches. You know? <laughs> we kind of gravitate, you know, and it's, it's a reality, you know. I think there's a good there's a good to that, there's a bad to that. I mean, the reason why you find people to be weird in the church, right? Meaning weird in a bad, in a in a not this kind of bad. Number one, because you know, churches are, should be a loving place. And what I like about that is that I want to give, I want to keep, I want people who feel weird for themselves. I want them to feel loved and feel accepted. Amen. So a good church should have a bunch of weird people, right? Because that means I, they feel comfortable. Are they going to be feel comfortable at a four-star restaurant? No. Are they going to feel comfortable anywhere else? No. So can we become a church that embraces? It's not easy, right? So. They would watch Moses as he had gone to the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. Wow, that's, 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 that's 
Isn't this beautiful? Moses is getting what he wants. When Moses entered the tent, where was where's the tent at? Outside the camp. God descended on the pillar of cloud. On the camp? No. On the tent? On the camp? On the tent? On the tent? On the camp? No. <laughs> Not camp. Tent. Camp or tent? Right? So, so he, as soon as he, he goes outside the camp, Moses, Moses built this little tent, and the pillar of cloud was just there. Now, there's so much going on here, right, because I, I can't get into it, but you know that what, what's happening there is, is astonishing because it was only in the Holy of Holies that God was going to make a way. So something magnificent is going to be magnificent. I'm going to be – right? So he, God came down. God would speak with Moses. Right? And um, when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the, all the people would rise up and worship and speak like the sons of God. Is that a good thing? Yes, sir. <laughs> right? Oh, they saw the pillar of cloud and they worshiped. Why is that not a good thing? Where should they be at? Yeah, they should have been outside the camp, right? They should. They they should. They should. Everyone who sought the Lord, remember, everyone who sought the Lord, where where did they go? Afuera. <laughs> but oh, how wonderful signs are! The signs and wonders. Wow, look at God! Wow, look at God! God is. And they stayed in the tent, in their tent. You see the lesson there? Being familiar with the things of God and seeing wonderful signs, oh yeah, but not having ambition, desire to get God for yourself. Just sufficient that you might see some vessels of God. Oh, God, let's worship. Never realizing that God is doing that outside the camp. They should have repented. They should have said, wait a minute. Why isn't that cloud here? Right? Why isn't the cloud here? But instead, they made it into a religious moment. Oh, how beautiful the Lord is. The Lord, the Lord of the heavens and the earth. Let us bow. <laughs> Forget about that. Run. Run to the, go outside the camp. Everyone who sought the Lord, everyone. There was, God didn't say only Moses. Everyone who sought the Lord would go outside to the tent of meeting. Everyone would go outside. So Moses was there. It was not, it was not only Moses. There was others there. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses, verse 11, face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And Moses turned again into the tent with his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun. This is a beautiful, you know. So there was, not only Moses was there, obviously we learned, obviously there were other people there, but there was particularly a young man by the name of Joshua. And I believe that God would uh, hear prophesying. Not just the coming of Joshua, but I believe that 
God is telling us that there's going to be a generation, a generation that would be a young generation of kids, youth, that I believe are going to go deeper with God than we have ever been. I believe that with all my heart. There's going to be a young generation that is going to be magnificent. <laughs> I mean, you know, get ready. I don't know if it's the part of the Hope Kids generation. I don't know. Could be. But I, I believe that God's going to raise up youth, some generation, and they're going to be astonishingly, like, so focused on God. And they're going to go take it to the, to the next level, and, they're gonna, and God's going to use them. And it's a Joshua generation. And this, they, they're going to learn to not depart from the tent. They're going to be a, 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 a they're going to be a generation that w- that understands that God, we need to know God, and you can have God. Do, do you know that? Every person in that camp had access to that outside tent. Everybody. What what was the key thing to going outside? There's only one thing. What did they need it? A desire. Everyone who had a desire for the Lord would go out there. It was not like Moses. No, no, you can't come. Sorry. God, Moses, is, Moses did not prohibit the people from going outside the camp. I said, look, I'm just going to set up here. And then it said everyone who sought the Lord went out there. And we'll finish with this. We're going to conclude. Verse 12, now Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. You have also found favor in my sight. Therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways. That I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And you say, my presence will go with you. And I will be with you. Let's pray. Let's end with this. You know, just, you know, let's, um, you know, I'm going to wrap up. Abby, can you come and uh, maybe. You know, what is it that's, you know, what, do you, what is it that you want from Christianity? What is it you want from Jesus Christ? Do you want to overcome your problems? Do you want Jesus to just solve your problems? Or do you want Jesus? That's a hard, believe me, that's a hard question. That's not an easy one. That, you know, how many of us sometimes feel so overwhelmed by our problem and we just need relief from our problem, right? Want relief. Lord, relief from our problems. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with relief from our problems. But the question is, do you really want Jesus or do you want relief? Right? That's a question that we need to ask ourselves. So let's stand. Let's stand. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing a song. We're going to give you a moment to just, um, you know, think about what's been said, how the Lord may, may have um, um, maybe speaking to you this, mo- this morning, this afternoon. We're going to sing that song, In Your Presence. You know, some of you, God wants to draw you. I feel, I feel as a church, as I said, I want us to grow in our intimacy with God, just pursuing him together in prayer. Um, but maybe you have to think about what is it that you want? What is it that you're asking the Lord to do in your life? And 
Is it, is it Jesus that you really want or is it something else? And that something else could be anything that is good. But I want to encourage you that Jesus wants you. Does Jesus want your money? Does Jesus want your um, smile? Does Jesus want your, your clothing? Does Jesus want your uh, musical skills? What does he want? You, your heart. In the same way, do you want Jesus' peace? Do you want his joy? Or do you want Jesus? See how tricky that is? Tricky. Peace and Jesus very related, but they're distinct. You could want Jesus' peace. Oh, just give me peace. Lord, give me peace. But that's not really wanting Jesus, right? That's like Jesus wanting your clothing. Something that Jesus offers. That's something, and Jesus offers many things. Trust me. You know, eternal life, peace, joy. You know, <laughs> he offers a lot of the But at the end of the day, is it those things that you want, or is it the person? May the Lord give you wisdom and understanding. Say, you know, I love peace. I want peace. I want joy. No one, no one's saying no to that. But Lord, help me in my mind, in my own ability to say, I know that Jesus, I do have peace. He is us peace. But it's you that I really want. Right? It's a person. It's not a thing. It's not a benefit. It's a person. And God is calling some of you today. Hey, I'm a person. I'm not your Santa Claus. I'm not your um, you know, provider. He is our provider, but he's not, you know, he wants to be more than a provider. Does, does that make sense? He wants to be more than just something that he provides for you, gives you. He wants to have your heart, and he wants you to have his heart. Amen? And that's what that's what redemption, that's what the cross is all about. The cross is about love. Love with Jesus Christ. Do you love me, Simon Peter? Right? Do you love me? Why would God even say that? Because he, he longs and desires your love. Do you love me? Jesus, Jesus will say to you, do you love me? Not that I give you nice things. Do you love me? You love me. You have affections for me. Right? It's not just like, well, I love you, Jesus. <laughs> it's affection. It's, I love you, Jesus. When I sing this song to you, I just think of you as my little Jesus. I just love you. And, the, and at the end of the day, the climax of love near to you. That's it. Love just wants to be near. Amen? Say, Laura, just sit here, Laura, and be with me. Right? Or I'll sit next to her to be with me. That's not complicated. We don't have to be like, I'm doing stuff. Just being together is the climax of love. 
Amen? Jesus just wants to be with us. He wants you to be with us. So where's your heart this morning? Where's, you know, none of us have arrived. None of us have arrived. All of us can grow in our love. Amen? But some here, maybe God is correcting. God doesn't condemn you. God is just saying, hey, it's me. Hello. Me, I got a heart too. I got feelings, and I want your heart. And maybe some of you might say, you know what? I want to begin that journey of learning what it even means to love a person, Jesus Christ. Right? I mean, we have this, we have, we have this struggle, even earthly speaking. Sometimes we love people for what they can do for us, right? Rather than just loving the person. I, I was I was talking to my my daughter one time. And kids don't understand this. It's a very complex, like the E difference. You're my child. Here's the love that God has put in my heart for you that can never change. I may be upset at what you do, but I love you. <laughs> and I can't help myself. I may want to get angry. I may want to, but I can't. There's a love doesn't no longer depend on what you do. You're my child. She put us through the ringer. <laughs> but it never, it never compromised that position of being my child. Never. And I think, I think when, she, when she had her baby, she finally said, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Got a baby now. That baby's gonna make you weep probably in another 12, 13 years. <laughs> but but you, you 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 will, right? Amen. Can we, can we parents, can we say a big amen? <laughs> it's a reality, it's like the reality that's coming, the storm is coming. Yeah. But it's beautiful what God puts in our lives for our children. Unbelievable. That's just it. Something we just that's how God is. In your presence. If you want to just come to the front, you know, there's nothing magical here, but uh, I always I always like to give opportunity for those who maybe want to just go outside the, not the camp, but the chairs. <laughs> outside the chairs. All right, George, thank you. Thank you for the bread. And um, we just say, you know, let me, let me think outside the camp a little bit and just say, I, I need your presence today. That's, that's a good thing. There's no magic here. But sometimes helps to come. Let's pray. Let's cry together. And let's believe God for a good work in our heart that we could fall slowly but surely more in love with God.